you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. Chris Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. Thechrisvossshow.com. Welcome to the big show, my family and friends. For 14 years, we've been doing the show and over 1,500 episodes we're heading towards. Uh, we're about to hit the big anniversary. Uh, I got to tell you, we couldn't do the show without you. No, not, not, not you back there. Not the guy in the green shirt. The, the guy in the blue shirt. Uh, with it, we couldn't do the show without you. Actually, it's all of you at the standing there. So we certainly appreciate you all. Uh, as always, a giant hug out to everyone who listens to the show. When was the last time I offered a hug to you people? Uh, a, 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 a big hug. Everyone needs a hug, right? Is it, Am I right, Alex? Do people need a hug? Everybody needs a hug. It's good for the soul. There you go. It's good for the soul, damn it. And uh, I'm going to use that lead-in from Alex, who will be joining us here in a second, to tell us about his amazing stuff. He's going to enlighten you and brighten you and brighten you. Is that a word? Enlighten you and brighten you and bring magic to your life. I just threw a whole lot of work on him. He has to become a magician now, which I don't think is in his wheelhouse. But we'll find out. That's going to be the adventure of the show. But in the meantime, uh, use the show to enlighten, brighten other people. Refer them to your family, friends, and relatives. Go to uh, goodreads.com, Christmas, LinkedIn.com, Christmas, YouTube.com, Christmas, and tell them, God damn it, you're never going to know what the ramble is going to be when Chris Voss starts the show. Some people just go listen to all the rambles when it comes because, I don't know, I just make it up every time because the plugs are boring. At least to you and me. But in the meantime, go give us five stars on iTunes. I beg of you, please don't make me cry. I'll give you a second hug. <laughs> uh, we have an amazing gentleman on the show, and he's not me, as always. With our guests are some of the most smartest people in the world. We put them in the Google machine. We Google them, uh, smartest people in the world, and they come on our show. And they're like, why the hell am I here with this idiot, Chris Foss? Uh, he's, this gentleman is an amazing gentleman. Uh, his name is Alex Mont Ross. Uh, he is on the show with us today, and he's going to be talking about his amazing company, StepUpMethod.com. And he has a hell of a journey. We're going to be talking about families, fatherhood, uh, marriages, all that sort of good stuff. Most of you may be involved in some of that. I think I think just about everybody is. Doesn't everybody have kids? And and maybe is either married or you know going to be married or all that stuff. So we're talking about how to be better at everything: health, life, fitness. Uh, yeah, just everything, damn it. It's all, it's all going to be in there. Alex, who's going to be joining us on the show, is a highly driven and accomplished individual who's made a significant impact in both his personal and professional life. He's a mindset coach and co-founder of the Step Up Method with his wife, and he helps men and women achieve their full potential and become the best versions of themselves. Boy, I'm still working on that. I think I'd probably be the best version of myself at an 150 age. Uh, in addition to his professional achievements, Alex is a serial entrepreneur who successfully bootstrapped and sold their 2021 uh, business. It was their first seven-plus-figure business founded by him and his wife. He's also the author of the Family Meeting Planner, which helps parents 
lead their families effectively with intention and purpose. Outside of his work, he's a devoted father, husband, and philanthropist who helped raise eight children over the past two decades. Eight children? That's a whole podcast right there. We'll get into it. Uh, he's an avid combat sports enthusiast. Uh, he probably has to fight off most of the eight children. I'm just kidding. You don't fight your children. I'm just doing jokes, people. Don't write me. And former amateur boxer for UNLV. And he's currently on a journey to become a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He can fight Zuck and Elon in that fights coming up. Uh, he's married to his best friend, Lisa. Well, that's unfortunate. Most people aren't. You know, most people are their worst friend. No, I'm just kidding. I'm doing marriage jokes. And the couple's been together for 12 years, so obviously they like each other. Welcome to the show, Alex. How are you? Thank you, Chris. That was an amazing intro, by the way. And uh, the eight kids is everybody, whenever I go into that journey, I'm like, it, it never makes any sense. So I, I barely go into the story. You might have to explain is, this yeah, real quick. Yeah. You know, look, at the age of 20, I got married. Mm -hmm. And uh, everybody told me, everybody's telling me, like, Alex, look, are you sure you want to do this at 20 years old? And I'm like, I'm in love. I, you know, I know it's the right decision for my life. And at the time, my ex-wife now, a little bit older than me, had three kids. So I went into a marriage already with three kids. By the time I was 23, we had our two kids. So I was raising five kids, oh. working my ass off, just trying to provide and did okay. Right. Then the crash of 08 happened, lost everything. And shortly after that, ended up going through a divorce. So that was kind of the the journey of the first initial set of kids and obviously now with my my wife lisa we have uh we have some kids now and i, I thought i was done by the way i was up here was the whole goal i was going to go into my 40s thinking that was good like so i got remarried to my wife lisa yeah. and i thought hey she has a daughter i have my i had my two kids and i was like i think we're good and she's like you know and i'm already planning my life my 40s my 50s we're gonna be travel the world we're gonna do all these things she's like hey i want to have kids and i'm like I got to reset myself again to do this all. Mm. So, anyway, but it, it's been a blessing to have, uh, you know, we have our two little ones. So, so now we are a household of five kids. Now. There you go. Well, you gotta, you gotta work out and be healthy. We'll talk about some of this to uh, chase those kids around. Uh, give us your .com so people can check that out on the interwebs as we lead in. Sounds good. So at www.stepupmethod.com, that's where you kind of find our backstory, our journey. It's our consulting and coaching company. And we also have uh, familymeetingplanner.com as well. If you want to get a copy of our family meeting planner, you can go there, kind of get uh, a quick breakdown of how it all works, and then order your copy. There you go. So give us a 30,000 overview of what you guys coach on, you and your wife, and how it works. All right. So uh, I'm going to go back to a, a part of the origin story. And then so this will kind of give some context. In 2013, we just got married and the joke was, um, well, it wasn't a joke, but <laughs> I actually had a heart attack at 33. Holy and, crap, uh, dude. Yeah, yeah, man. It was it was nuts. So uh, I didn't thank God that my wife took me to the hospital. We've been married six months. Here's the joke. We're in the hospital as the doctor comes in and says, hey, uh, you're having a heart attack right now and we got to get you in the back like ASAP. And so my wife looks at me and she's like, did I marry broken goods? And oh, did she say that to no, you or just give you that look? But, but jo jokingly, jokingly. Oh, she okay. Said so she's like, joking. I, she's like, I, can't, I can't believe I married broken goods, right? Wow. So anyway, they sent me to the back and uh, thankfully got there because I actually had my lower artery descending, um, which is the, the widow maker, they call it, 95% oh, clogged. And had it been fully clogged or had I not gotten to the hospital in time, I would not be here today. So thankfully she got there. 
And uh, so that that journey, that part of that was kind of the start of really asking myself some serious questions about my life at the time. I was 33, kind of working through some things and marriage and new family and all this stuff and, and work. At the time, I was a managing client partner um, at Verizon and doing my work there. And and uh, but I had no intention or purpose really in my journey of life. It was just go to work, make some money, come home, be with the family, do that over and over and over again. And it was a very redundant, uh, to be honest, very average, boring life. And um, with that came this idea of like, well, I'm not really living with any intention, mm. no purpose. There's not really a growth path for me. Kind so of having some day, conversation, right? it was, it was a day to day and, mm -hmm. and it didn't matter how much money I was making. I dreaded getting up every day to go to work. Wow. And that just started to kind of compound itself over the years. And so in 2016, a few years later, my wife and I started our business. We started uh, Moncord Real Estate Professional Services, which was a transaction coordination company for the real estate industry in Washington. Mm -hmm. And so we started that and it was actually uh, the joke about how that started. That was kind of an accident. We just wanted to do an addition to our uh, onto our house at the time. Mm -hmm. And we needed a, I don't know, about $100,000. And we're like, all right, you know what? I think we can kind of start this business up and we can make that. Well. At the time, I was going through an MBA program, and they said, "Hey, can you do a marketing analysis on us on a company within in Washington, Seattle, general area?" And I said, "Sure." And I asked the professor, "I go, can I do one on a startup?" And it was my wife's. It was Lisa Montrose Transactions, and she had like five clients, I think, at the time. And I was like, "Can I just do one on a start local startup?" And he's like, "Go for it." So that market analysis led me to an understanding that the the market for the services we were providing really wasn't, you know, the, the hadn't seen anything at scale. There was a lot of individual players. But nobody really doing yet the scale that I I believe we could we could potentially grow to, and that started the journey of creating the company, scaling it, and then in 21 we ended up getting acquired by a larger firm. We had a great exit, and nice. uh, so through that, now that leads us to today, um, through the journey of having our company and growing that together as a married couple, we learned a lot about ourselves. One, we learned how to better be better communicators. We didn't go through a divorce, thank God, because um, a lot of you know the story is you know you co-found a co-find co-found a company with your with your you know spouse. Chances are, uh, you're going to have a lot of um, you know long nights, probably arguments and disputes that um, could potentially you know crush the marriage, right? So we at the beginning of our journey, we kind of made some hard ground rules around our life and what we wanted it to look like. And one thing was this, is that we were not going to allow the, the, the business to ever override the marriage. So at any given time, we felt that our marriage was going to be at risk of, you know, just kind of crumbling. We were going to be okay letting go of the business. Hmm. And so that initial kind of conversation and really kind of standard we set in place at the very beginning helped us through many, many hard years of building uh, our company and helping, you know, kind of get it to the place where we needed to get to, to eventually yeah. exit. You know, and, you guys uh, have that. You yeah. guys have accomplished something very few people can do. I think I read uh, years ago, and it's just like decades ago in Harvard Business Review. I think I read only maybe I think it's four or seven percent of marriages can survive working together. It's yeah. a really small. It really is a small number, and mm -hmm. and and not not choke each other to death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah believe me there was many and she probably wanted to choke me more than, than the other way oh, around yeah. but uh it was i was felt like i was getting in the way uh many times but this led us to this understanding that 
um, you know, to, to have a marriage in a business that can thrive, there has to, there's a lot of moving pieces and communication was really critical to that. And also having a game plan um, in place that you can actually execute on a daily basis. When we exited the company, we had already done many years of consulting and coaching. And we were asking ourselves in the last couple of years, like, well, what do we want to do now? You know, what is, what is, what's been the purpose of this journey of building a company together and everything else we did prior to that? And what has it led us to today? And really it was being of service, helping other married couples kind of in their journey. We work with, you know, uh, co-founders of companies that are married, if they're scaling their business, if uh, you're a high performer or you need an edge in business or just mindset, you know, what can we do there to help kind of uh, bring you some tools and some techniques that can help you in that journey. And that's what kind of launched the step up method, which is, you know, driven by a framework. We believe that if your actions and your intentions are aligned and, and that the habits that you create daily become like the connective tissue of aligning your intention and your actions, you empower yourself first and then you can empower others. And through that process, a lot of people have great intentions, but they lack action. So how do we make sure that the right actions and the right habits are aligned? A lot of people take a lot of action with zero intentions on like what they're going to accomplish. So helping them get clarity on the intentions and ultimately how do we create a more empowered individual so that they can also become better leaders, whether it's in their family or their business. There you go. There's a pyramid structure you have on your website. People should check out under uh, stepupmethod.com. And I really, I really love it. It's at the top, it's got empower. And then on the two sides of the triangle, there's intentions and actions. And you're right. You, you just talked about how you need to have both these working together. You can't just go do something like I'm going to do something to see if it works. Uh, you know, well, throw that stuff was me, into the wind. That was me in my early thirties. It was a lot of action. I just didn't have any freaking intention on like what, what to do with all this action and how can I actually make it, make it meaningful. And once we started aligning those two things, this, this framework started to become real for us as a, as a couple and as individuals. And we started creating some really cool things in our lives that now we want to help others uh, kind of embrace as well. There you go. And then inside of the uh, triangle is habits. That's a support sort of structure. And, and that makes sense because if, you know, you can, you can have great intentions, you can plan great actions, but unless you make things a habit and you're, you know, you're working on that project every day, you're not going to get there because, you know, I, I think probably a perfect example is New Year's Day, right? Everyone sets uh, intentions <laughs> and they set some actions like, I'm going to go to the gym tomorrow and I'm going to lose 50 pounds this year. And, you know, and then every year no one loses 50 pounds. Gyms are usually full for the first month, month or two. Yeah. And, and without those habits of doing that everyday thing and go, okay, you know, I'm going to eat the elephant. Like I like to think of it, eat the elephant one bite at a time. Anytime I take on something big, I'm like, oh my God, this thing's big. And I'm like, just, just start taking little bites. And then you wake up one day and the elephant's eating and they put it on in front of you and you're like barbecue sauce. Um, so uh, I love this power up method um, that you guys take and have on your website or step up method. I'm sorry. Uh, and then on the family planner, uh, what, what's inside of that? People can get a free copy on the website or a free. Uh, I, I think. Uh, well, you tell us what it is. Yeah, 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 sure. So kind of the journey of the family meeting planner. Um, this actually came out of my corporate experience. It's funny. So. When I would ever, whenever I talk to men and, and really I work with a lot of fathers and men on, and their, on their journey, I always ask them, I said, hey, do you have core values? 
Mm. And a lot of men actually don't have any core values for themselves, let alone their families, right? Mm -hmm. But they can recite their company's core values, which is very interesting. <laughs> they they know it like, you sad. know, you know, they're like, I, oh yeah, you say, hey, what's your company core value? You know, uh, you know, Amazon, you know, they'd be most or mission statement or, you know, whatever core values, mission statement, vision, they can name it because they've been indoctrinated through that process of onboarding and being part of this bigger bit movement that you are, you know, in your work life. Right. So when I, so there was a gap there and I realized, I said, okay, well, we don't have this in our family. Why is that? So I started asking those questions and then eventually I was like, all right. So I got together with my wife and said, Hey, we need, we need values. We need, um, why is it that every, uh, every Monday we have a sales meeting, but when I go home, I don't have like a structured way to connect with my family huh? to really kind of bring in the, the, you know, to, to hear the hearts of my kids and hear the hearts of my wife in, in a very intentional way, mm -hmm. right? Where everything's in passing, you know, you come home, you're tired, you have a conversation everybody's doing that they're all going through those rhythms but there's there's a lack of intention behind that so i was like mm -hmm. okay well that's us too and the journey of creating this family meeting planner came from the the heart attack obviously was like a big mm -hmm. turning point to be like okay i gotta get more intentional i want my time to matter here and also i want my kids and my family to know that they matter to me and let me give them that that time so we created the the family meeting as a as a tool for mm -hmm. us in our in our journey to really connect with our kids in our in our in our family throughout the years and then so in 20 i think it was like 2020 i said gosh i've been having this idea of this planner in my head for the last three years four years i was like i gotta get it out of my head and just design a planner and so i went through that journey and just said okay it's it's not gonna be perfect it's gonna be good enough got it out uh we released it it was it was a hit everybody was like hey i, I want to do family meetings this is an area that i'm lacking in my family and uh, I'm not connecting with my wife, my kids. And I started hearing all these like these challenges that all these fathers and men were going through as I'm working with them. And so that became an eye opener of like, okay, this is a bigger um, desire. I would say there's a desire there, but implementation and then actually executing, going back to what you said, the intention still needs to align with the action and it starts with the habit. A lot of us uh, make the, the, I would say, a lot of us make the error of making very small commitments to ourselves every day and we break them. Mm -hmm. And through that process of breaking these small commitments every day, we start losing confidence in ourselves as men and mm -hmm. as fathers to then execute on the bigger things that we need to execute on. Mm -hmm. So holding these men accountable through our systems, through our process of the family meeting planner, we're helping them understand like, hey, if you can just make a commitment to having a conversation, just sit down with your family for 30 minutes mm -hmm. every Sunday or Monday, and there's a reason behind that to just sit down and have a conversation. If you can just stick to that once a week, you'll start and then you can kind of pile on what I like to say, stacking some wins. You can stack that win on top of the next win. Before you know, you've created new habits and new rhythms for your family and for yourself as a leader in, in your home. There you go. We used to have family meetings when I was a kid growing up in the seventies. It was mostly to, uh, it was mostly cause we unionized as kids. And so we had to negotiate our, our, uh, our, uh, What's that shit called that you give your kids? For Sorry, oh, no, no, no. Uh, the sal no, uh, I know, uh, salary. You were getting <laughs> a salary, weren't you? Oh, you're, you're you're, your salary. No, we're getting one of those. Uh, what is the stipends where they give you like, uh, hey, you so, get five dollars a week? Allowances. Your allowances. Yeah, there yeah. you go. 
There you go. We 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 had a union that uh, we formed to fight the alliance. I think. But no, we our family used to have the little meetings. Mostly, it was to tell us what horrible children we were, and we were horrible children. So, uh, I can attest to that. I was part of that crew, and, and it was some of it was intentional. Uh, no, but I, I love this program that you put forth. You know, maybe people do people maybe need to start thinking of their business or their family as kind of a business. I mean, not really. You don't want to you know go selling the children yeah. or anything. I mean, you could, but. You don't. I think it's I against think, the law. <laughs> I think what's come out of the journey that we've seen and talking to a lot of couples and women and men throughout the last couple of years of doing this is that the, the challenge that uh, there has to be a paradigm shift of how you look at like a meeting. And, and to your point, too, the reason why I remember being a kid and I had a neighbor that did family meetings. We never did in our home. And, and they would invite me sometimes to their meeting. Oh, really? I remember the mom cooking like desserts and like. And then so everybody sit down and they'd give their little updates and stuff. And I was oh, like, gosh, wow. I, as, as a kid, I always was like, this is cool. I want my family to do this. They never did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my wife had a very similar experience too. And so it was like, why, how did we get away from that? You know, so mm-hmm. the, but the, the word meeting, cause it's fun. When we launched this, I, I played around with like family is a family huddle. Then people were like confused. Like, well, I don't know what a huddle is. And I was like, let me just go back to meeting and then let me try to, help the audience have a paradigm shift of, of the word meeting the, the goal of the meeting you know when you come home from you got the last thing you want is another meeting especially if you're on zoom calls all day or you're in you know meetings all day you're like gosh i gotta have another meeting with my family and we heard this as as feedback mm-hmm. We're like that's why my husband doesn't want to do it and there's all these excuses by the way that's because that's really all it is just a bunch of lame excuses for why people just don't want to do something that could be a benefit mm-hmm. but i also think the word can carry a a negative connotation because you're associating it back to work and mm-hmm. if you are if you hate all of your meetings so you sit in 20 of them the last thing you want to hear is that you got to have another meeting so we through our process of helping coaches you know couples and men and women up it's like hey you, this is a meeting of the minds to help your family come to uh understand what really matters to you understand you help understand what matters to them and build a, a regular cadence to where you can, you have a safe, I, I want to say a safe place, because that's not really what it is. It's it's a, a place of confidence that anybody at that time and moment throughout the week can share their hearts on a challenge that they're having in their lives. We had many times in our family where, you know, especially during COVID, where our teenagers were really struggling. They went through a lot in their in their journey with school. You have all the social pressures or lack thereof because of being removed from their social environments. And our kids were struggling with that. And I remember we'd have these family meetings and everything, you know, they give an update. There's a whole, you know, kind of process that we follow in an agenda. And one day my, my son finally, like we go around the horn and we say, Hey, you know, what's your update? You know, how are things going? And he's just silent. And out of nowhere, he just breaks down. Oh wow! And, And it was our moment as a family to come and rally around him and be like together. And what was beautiful about that moment was that it wasn't dad, my, myself, and him in a car ride having this moment where it's just him and I, or him and his mom in a very kind of individual, isolated, uh, you know, kind of experience. It was the whole family rallying around mm-hmm. this one person to really support him in that in that challenge he was having. And I looked back and I said, "This is why we do family meetings, like for these moments that you never know are going to come. Yeah. And when they come, you're prepared for it now because." we've been building up towards this, you know, for the last X amount of years, months, whatever it is, you know, so um, it really is a place to kind of help your family connect, 
build better communicators. Our, you know, our eight-year-old will lead a family meeting now. Oh, really? She knows how to, she, yeah, she knows how to scribe. Teachers which we have leadership. A, we have a role. Yeah, so we're building leaders. We're building communicators. Um, and so it's bigger than just, you know, kind of getting your family together just to have a conversation. There's a lot of other value that's brought to the table when you have these family meetings. There you go. And the planner comes with a 52-week structured format. Uh, it even gives you uh, agendas, suggestions, so you can keep people on track. I like I like the whole format of, of having, you know, a formal meeting and making everyone come together. You know, I, I wrote in my book, uh, Beacons of Leadership, about how everyone can be a leader. And parents can be a leader. I had a lot of parents say to me, what? We're leaders? And yeah, you don't have to have a CEO title to be a leader. And you're a parent is a leader of a child, whether you realize it or not, you're leading them or, you know, in some cases like that, what was that nanny show, uh, where she would teach parents how to be parents. Um, you know, they might be leading you. So somebody's leading somebody over there. Maybe, maybe the kids read my book, but, um, it's important to recognize that you are a leader. You're influential to them. And and I like this thing of setting the values down, saying who we are. It's so easy. And, you know, we get caught up in life and, you know, you're a father going, hey, I'm doing the right thing and being a provider and bringing home the paycheck. But when I come home, I got to I got to tune down. I got to gel out. Maybe, you know, uh, you know, just get some peace for a second. And, you know, everyone's kind of lost in the functions they do you know mom's maybe making mm -hmm. dinner and you know kids are doing homework and then one of the other problems we have in this world that i think your planner really helps is everyone's walking around with this with this yeah. cell phone or the ipad you know the kids are in the ipad now so every, you know i remember when i first saw cell phones you know really take off with the iphone and i would go into restaurants and i would see like a family of four two parents two kids and they're all looking at their iphone no one's talking they're just eating and I'm like, this is horrible. This is like the yeah. worst intimacy, you know, just everyone's doing their own thing. And so I think it's great because the, the, this, this family meeting concept uh, gives you a dipstick into what's going on. What's going on in our kid's life? Gives you some time to be present, which is really important. I actually had to start scheduling every day 15 minutes to spend with my dogs because I wasn't spending time with them. And, and I'm like, okay, I'll do it in an hour. I'll, I'll go play with them, throw a ball in the yard in an hour. And then, okay, uh, the sun's down. Okay, well, fuck that day. You know, and so trying to be present, you know, and then a month goes by and, you know, and so uh, I, I had to schedule the time in the morning to go out and play. We, we do it over coffee and sit in the sun. But uh, you got to do it. And, it's, and I know I don't have kids, but, you know, for me and my dogs that are my kids, it goes by so fast. And I imagine it's the same for parents. And not being able to check in, have that monitor, be present and everything. Uh, that's something that people can do with your guide is check in. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really the aim. And, and I'm calling my call is to a lot of I would say, you know, a lot of the fathers out there is really to kind of own it. And and the reason why is, it, again, this is just from experience and talking to a lot of men and even the women in the journey of, of starting to launch family meetings. It's something else that that could easily be placed on if they're married onto their wife. Like, okay, you set up the meeting and then I just show up and then that's it. So, I, so then how do our kids start to view us as leaders if we aren't taking control of a, of a situation, commanding that leadership in a way that they see uh, mom and dad as partners in this journey? There you go. And not, you know, because mom is, my wife is a machine. I mean, she just like, she runs everything. She runs mm -hmm. a show. Like I try to catch up and it's, I mean, she's, she's on a hundred miles an hour all day. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. I'll put something down. This is how insane it is. 
I'll put a glass of water down. I walk away. The water cup is gone and it's already being washed. I'm like, I just poured that for myself. I mean, she's like, it's, it's nuts, man. I'm like, you got a problem. You got to slow down. So she's everywhere. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Hey, I mean, look, there could be worse things, right? So yeah, that's I'll true. But, 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 um, she, she, and, and the kids see that they see that she's, you know, pick up, not picking up the kids. And, and so there's this opportunity for us fathers to really kind of, you know, uh, take a breath, sit down, let the kids know that we got this as a family, we're in control mom and dad are aligned we have a mission we have a vision for our family and now we want to share with you and we want you to be part of this and we also want to have a conversation with you mm -hmm. we want to hear about your day we want to hear about you know things that you might need help with that we've seen from a coaching perspective right in a very productive environment so that's it's been awesome man so i i love you know uh when families finally launch i i get messages and like I just launched my first family meeting, man. It was great, you know, and all these. I'm like, it's it's pretty cool stuff to to see these families being transformed by just this one simple tactic. There you go, and they get access to a monthly masterclass, uh, behind the scenes access, member hot seats. There's a whole yeah. there's a whole package you guys a whole have. A bunch of stuff there. A 14 day yeah. trial and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, what do you uh, what do you normally help? What do you find most people are coming to you asking for help in your coaching program? What's a What's a popular item that, you know, you find people really struggling with? Uh, they're struggling right now. Well, a lot of our coaching clients, uh, we get, we get two, we get entrepreneurs in their businesses. So mm -hmm. we've gone through the journey. So we do some business consulting. Um, so we have, we have that part of our business, but then on the individual side, when it comes to performance, it's really distinct. It's how do they, how can they build a habit of consistency? Mm -hmm. That's usually by far, the main concern that the, that everybody kind of comes to us with is like, how can I get more consistent? How can I build better habits? Mm -hmm. And, um, and it all starts with, you know, then reviewing kind of what their day to day looks like, what are their challenges? You know, when it comes to why, why can't, why aren't they being consistent? I go back to the, uh, the daily non-negotiables, like what are the things that they have that are, ne that they're negotiating every day? And then how do we uh, create non-negotiables in their daily habits so that, and, and then hold them accountable, right? Then they also lack accountability. We're, we're in a day and age where, you know, we're all in our homes. We're on our Zoom calls. We're, you know, we're, uh, many of us don't even go into the office anymore. So there used to be that, you know, that, you know, kind of community that you would have in your office with your, your you know, your peers. And that's missing because we're all in these virtual environments. And so your community and being held accountable, you know, I think there's a gap there. Right. And, and people are seeking that in one form or another. We help people when it comes to mindset and fitness. You know, maybe they need to lose a few, you know, a few pounds. And they also understand that if they don't, they don't have the most optimal energy to lead their families, to lead their 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 careers better. Right. Mm -hmm. um, there's challenges around their business or career development. You know, it, it all goes back to daily habits, non-negotiables, and then hold them accountable to then establishing new habits in their day to day rhythms. There you go. Uh, one thing I liked is um, it, it, we, let's talk about how you instill an entrepreneurial mindset in children and encourage their ambitions and aspirations. I, you know, my employees used to joke with me. They're like, if Chris Voss has kids, he's going to be, they're going to, they're going to go to bed in double breasted suits and wear them around the house. And he's going to read them like, I don't know, Barron's 
or uh, the Wall Street Journal to put them to sleep at night, and they're all going to have stock accounts. You know, probably not a lot of money, but uh, uh, and they're all going to expect to have their own companies going by eight. Uh, so how do we how do we instill an entrepreneurial mindset in kids? Well, maybe not to that extreme. I'll put it. I, I think. Look, I mean, our kids are watching us. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. We, you know, the hypocrisy, I think sometimes as parents is that we will tell our kids, you can achieve anything. You can go, you can have anything you want in this world. Then they look at their parent and they see them dreading, complaining. They come home complaining about the job, complaining about their life. And, and it's such this disconnected, incongruent messaging that's happening in the home. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to really build that entrepreneurial kind of spirit in our kids. They got to see us willing to take a shot on ourselves, mm-hmm. whatever that is. And I think in today's day and age, there's no better time to do it. If you're in a corporate environment, there's no reason why you can't have something on the side build, building and saying, Hey, and then your kids are watching like, wow, my parents are taking a shot on themselves. They're actually going to try something on their own. That maybe is a, is a passion of theirs that they've been holding for so long and they're going to go shoot it out to the world. And so with our, within our kids and our family, they see, you know, their mom and dad all day long, you know, testing, trying, you know, they see it. And I think that that's the best way to do it is that you have to be the example or somebody in their life has to be the example to show them what, what that entrepreneurial spirit could actually turn into from, you know, being a reality in their lives. There you go. Uh, you know, it, it, parents don't realize it. I've dated for, uh, I, I'm 55. I dated all my life. I've been single all my life. I couldn't afford all the divorces, so I never got married. Uh, I tried twice. I tried twice. I was engaged twice. But, uh, um, you know, I could tell that I was a broken individual and, and uh, no one loved me uh, long term, uh, which is my audience right now, 14 years old. So yeah, he's a broken Yeah, <laughs> No one should marry this guy. In fact, I think there's a warning label that someone put on me because of it it's a tattoo uh don't don't try this at home uh but uh, uh that being said uh and five segues in or three segues in or whatever however many that was i lost what the hell i was gonna say oh what i was gonna say was i don't what i've seen in my life of dating is the end result of failed parenthood not not 100 the time but the end result of failed parents in the home and usually it's either single parents in the home raising kids without a strong masculine and feminine uh frame in them and 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 i'm talking masculine and feminine so if you're lgbtq there's always the feminine and masculine in there but I've, I've seen what happens when kids are raised in single parent homes. I've seen the fallout from them without a father, without a mother. You know, there's mother abandonment issues. There's father abandonment issues. I've seen what that looks like at the end of the road when I date people that might be in my age group or down 10 years. Um, I see what that looks like. I see what the kids look like. I see what the family looks like. And it's so important that parents realize what you and I have been talking about for the past 40 minutes that the examples you set, whether you set them intentionally or whether you're just setting them subconsciously because you're sloppily not operating intention as you talk about, um, they're going to pick it up. And if the family doesn't feel safe, if they don't feel secure in the family, if there's problems between the parents butting heads and, you know, toxicity and things like that, um, it, I can tell you what it looks like when those kids reach 40 is 
fucking nasty and ugly. It's not pretty at all. And the damage and the multiple divorces and the toxicity that they, that they uh, mirrored is hard. And I think with your system, it kind of occurred to me that with your system, it creates, it creates some safety. It creates some balance. And, and that connection is so important. Like even with my dogs, I have to connect with them. We have to go outside and we got to look each other in the eyes and I have to go, I'm here and you're there and we're together. And this is our moment right now. And that's so important. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is. And, uh, and you, you, you bring a good point. I mean, I think, you know, to your point, I mean, we're all broken, right? We all have, you know, our own journey of redemption, I would say that we all are going through in life. Uh, it's, you know, I think for anybody out there that's, you know, wants the best for their kids, they got to ask themselves, like, well, what am I doing for myself to invest in myself, so that I can actually become that person, that man or woman that I know it's in me, actually desired, I see it, I aspire to be that person, but there's something in the way that's not allowing me to actually ever realize it. Get the help, invest in yourself with, you know, coaching, mentoring. There's a lot of ways that, you know, you can, you can kind of overcome some of these things that are, are in the way. And then start to see, have your kids be, you know, they're going to now start becoming a part of the journey of transformation. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, we are all being transformed one way or the other. And if we're not intentional, or if we just think it's a bunch of hoo-ha, whatever it is, you know, uh, you know, that's for that person, not for me, then you're doing your kids a disservice because they're the only person they're looking at or people they're looking at their lives for that inspiration is you. Yeah. That's it. And so if you look down upon those things that are around coaching, mentoring, because by the way, I talk to a lot of, I have a lot of uh, uh, men in my, in my journey that, you know, it's like, it's, hey, good for you, not for me. And these people are, mm-hmm. they're broke. They're, um, you know, they're obviously not well ahead, which is funny to me. I'm like, it's, it's always good for somebody else that's doing okay in life, but not good for the person that's not doing okay. <laughs> it's just mind. <laughs> and I know that that's, you know, that's just, that's a limiting belief that they mm-hmm. have in their mind. Yeah. And it's scary to transform because I guess what that means, you actually have to work. You have yeah. To you got to do the work, but with habits, it makes it easier, right? It makes it easier. And then it, it becomes, before you know, it, it's just the way that you, I like before you know it that's just who you are that's how you live and that's just part of the lifestyle so yeah it's and that that dawned on me with my kids i mean uh i was like if i'm going to be the best version of myself it's 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 really about them than it is more about me because i want them to see their dad you know at the end of the day you know the day i go they can at least say you know what hey at least the dude like showed up and did his best you know for us um you know so yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, the the other thing I, I talked about in my book and and stuff too is parents try to fake it. And, you know, they tell, you know, it's like you mentioned that earlier, you know, parents will try and be like, you know, don't do this, do do that. You know, like parents will say, Hey kids, don't swear. Swearing's bad, you know, don't do it. And the kids catch you saying, you know, this, that, and the other. And then they pick it up. Where'd you learn that from? You know, uh dad in the shop you know he banged his finger with a hammer and and, uh and so it's funny like even my mom to this day i'll be like yeah don't swear around me and she's religious and you know every now and then guess who i catch uh uh spouting out some uh, f-bomb yeah Yeah. Uh, you know damn and i'm like hey 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 hey." and so what parents have to realize you can't bullshit your kids i mean they 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 mirror everything about you your personality the interaction you have with your spouse or, or a significant other, or however your arrangement's set up, um, they mirror you. 
And like, I, I grew up looking at a lot of what my father did and he was a good man. He tried his best, but there were some things that he was flawed in and we're all flawed. And, but you know, there's some things that really thought made it tough for him to be a father and have an interaction with a father, son, or in her family. And, and so I said, I, I don't want to be like that. I'm going to do the opposite of what he does. So I often will tell people, I learned things from my father by antithesis. So, uh, what he taught me, I just, he taught me, and I went, I'm going to do the opposite. But what I found was when I grew up, when I got in a parental role with me, with uh, either people I was dating or and their kids or uh, my, my dogs, I started replicating. It all started coming out, my dad. And I was like, son of a gun. I didn't want to be like him. And I think a lot of parents probably go through that. Like, I'm talking like my parents now. Um, and and so, you know, people don't realize is what you're talking about is making yourself a genuine good person and 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 becoming whole on the inside and, and making sure that you're setting a genuine example to your kids. Because if you lie to them, if you bullshit them, whatever you're, whatever who you truly are, if you're a horrible human being on the inside like I am, your kids are going to pick up to it. In fact, that's why I didn't have kids, is because I didn't want to spread the disease. Uh, so well, there you go. Think about that. Yeah, they they do. I think the biggest the biggest um, advantage we can give our kids in those in the moment of under of realizing, like, okay, I there's moments in time where I'm a hypocrite, right? Is how do we how do we take full accountability to also show them what accountability looks like? Mm-hmm. Every time that I mess up. I'm pretty good at it. I probably fail at this more than I should um, is I come to the table with an open heart and say, Hey, forgive me guys for, you know, I know dad shouldn't have, you know, raised his voice or, you know, I know I, I said this or did this, I own it. Mm-hmm. So then that I'm now I'm showing them what reconciliation and accountability looks like again, because I, I have to show them what that is in that, in this journey. Mm-hmm. So when they get older, they can now understand, okay, I messed up. I got to own it. And this is now the process for how you reconcile a relationship with somebody that you may have, uh, you know, erred, you know, with, right? So that's one. The other thing you mentioned too, about like our parents, my dad's now 82, uh, very flawed, you know, and, and uh, just as any of us, but I, 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 as the older I'm getting, I'm realizing too that, you know, my dad, you, you know, I have more empathy for my father and the tools that he had to be a man and also to be a father because he left communist Cuba at the age of 1920 back revolution oh, against wow. Castro. And wow. he has a crazy backstory. And so, you know, he came to the U.S., you know, had his, you know, he already had a, he already had one of my brothers um, early on. And then, so his whole journey is is one of you know getting ahead and just trying to like figure out and in his heart he's like straight up like uh you know good fella he's from like somebody he could be in the movie goodfellas okay so he's that's who he is in his heart but in in everything he's tried to do in his life it's been to become a better man although he never had the tools to like understand like how we have in everyday day and age, gosh, you open up your Instagram, you're going to get hit with some advice about how to be a better father. I mean, there's, there's all this constant information and education that he didn't have, yeah. you know, on how to actually, you know, become better. And so he did the best he could. Mm-hmm. And I've had to also forgive him and also have empathy to be like, dad, I get it. Like you don't yeah. have this tool set to work with. I've been given, like he had a screwdriver and now maybe I have a hammer and a nail. 
Mm-hmm. My goal is to give my kids like a, a, a like a machine saw or whatever. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. a saw and a whole toolkit and everything more, so that they can do more with uh, and have more tools to succeed in life. Mm-hmm. So um, that's been a realization with my parents. I mean, uh, I lost my mother young, but so my dad had raised us. Uh, you know, my brother and I for you know since I was seven, and uh, he did his best, and mm-hmm. that that healed me a lot. And I think for a lot of you know. Uh, people that are out there that are still bitter with their parents, you know, why I'm just like my, it's like, man, take a step back, ask yourself the tool, what kind of tool set that they have in in their journey and then put yourself in their shoes and be like, Oh man, I guess it would have been a lot harder. Yeah. It probably would have been to be them. It might've been a whole lot harder than you ever imagined, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's helped me in my journey. And I'm hoping by the way, I'm hoping my kids can look at me that like I've had that epiphany. I hope to God that <laughs> they can one day be like, you know, dad, you know, I get it now. <laughs> you yeah. Why you're insane. You know? Yeah. So, most people are trying to do the right thing. It's just sometimes they don't apply very well. And sometimes it can look evil or be evil. Uh, and, and you're right. They're working with certain tools and how they grow up. Do you guys ever work with uh, couples because you, you have a yourself and your wife, do you guys ever work with couples and, and, and you work with the father and the mother or anything like that? Yeah. So my wife, um, you know, obviously we kind of separate those are, you know, challenges oh, yeah. that, you know, individually. So, yeah, if there's ever um, a couple that's, you know, uh, is trying to implement family meetings or uh, they're on a journey of, you know, developing, uh, you know, I would say a mindset, you know, they're overcoming mindset challenges mm-hmm. and then they bring in their husband or their wife kind of team. So we'll kind of figure out what their challenges are together. So then ultimately they can run their family more effectively because the goal is that they can be happy at the end of the day. They can walk away from their journey of raising their kid and saying, you know, I did okay. Yeah, they're all right. I think they're going to be good. Like, yeah. I don't think, you know, they're not going to end up in prison or, they're not, <laughs> you know, anything crazy. I think I did okay. And there I can launch them into the world knowing that I did my part. Um, I think all parents should be asking, like, are my kids launch ready? Like, are my kids launch to, ready? I love that. Are, are they launch ready? You know, you know, so. I grew up Gen X <clears throat> and of course <clears throat> we're, we're on, we're on spot. We're the greatest generation ever. Um, and, uh, you know, we were, we were very independent very early on. We didn't really have much of a choice. It was just, that was just the way we were raised. And so we ran with it. Um, but we know how to bury a body and clean up blood. Uh, so there's that. And, uh, we know how to, you know, we, we were never home, but th- this, these participation, a trophy generation really struggles. It seems with, with uh, self-accountability. And so I think teaching that to kids is really important in getting them to self-launch and also getting them the hell out of your house when they turn 18. Uh, <laughs> you ain't kidding, man. You ain't yeah. kidding about that one. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and just overcoming their problems and giving them tools that they need. Like I see so many kids nowadays that, you know, if you, we see these incels now that really bug me where they meet a girl and she says, you know, no, I'm not interested. I mean, most of your first girlfriends or girls you're interested in your kid you don't know what you're doing hey i love you and she's like i'm not into you and you know you got to learn things but the first no or the first defeat they get they get to turn down for a job they get turned down for whatever they just give up they're just like i'm just gonna stay at mom's house forever and and uh, all that good stuff and really you know they don't have that sort of skill set to build up calluses, take no's, take hits, have failures in life. Mm-hmm. And if you don't teach your kids that, it's 
really hard. Like, there's nothing worse than when I meet somebody who's like 40 years old and sc still screaming about how it's not fair. And it's like, your father did not teach you, evidently, or maybe he wasn't in the house, that life isn't fair. And if you haven't learned that when you're like 10, <laughs> have fun with this life. Yeah. Yeah. And that is, that is my biggest fear, by the way. My biggest fear is that my kids would leave my house because I have my oldest is 21. Mm -hmm. She'll be 22 this year. And then I have a 19 year old. So my two oldest. And so my fear with them is that they're not, you know, and again, I think I'm good, but it's still, there's yet to be, there's still some things yet to be seen as a launch, right? Truly launch. And they, they're mm -hmm. on their journey, but I'm like, gosh, did I do okay? Because it, the challenge is, you know, I came from pretty much a pretty dirt, not dirt poor, but it was pretty poor environment. We struggled a lot in our childhood. And to your point, we were, I was a latchkey kid. So independence, like I learned that, just learned how to survive very young. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the one thing you want for your kids, if you came from that environment, is to not have them go through that, that same suffering, right? But the mm -hmm. suffering is really what creates the person. You know, if you can persevere, you, you, you know, I mean, that that's like you're going through a crucible of life and then you're coming out fortified. Right. And so my my concern, my wife and I talk about this all the time. It's like, man, our kids got it really good right now. And it's kind of scary how good they got it. Mm -hmm. So it's like how this balance of like, OK, how do we how do we impose, uh, you know, things that are challenging in their lives so that they can have character development mm -hmm. while at the same time blessing them because of you know, the journey we've been on as a family. So, but yeah, it's um, the whole participation trophy era and stuff. Yeah, I've never been a fan of it. I think it's actually damaging our kids yeah. more than, than it's probably been one of the biggest detriments to, to our society, that whole kind of concept. And you see it everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, when our kids walk, I remember, I remember uh, just what was it, two years ago, one of my kids uh, was in a competition and it was like, he finished like seventh or eighth. Mm -hmm. and they gave them a, a like a ribbon <laughs> really and i'm like oh lord man are you kidding me like everybody had to get a ribbon wow. and um everyone gets so there ribbon. there is an opportunity though for that conversation to be like it if you're intentional mm -hmm. right back to the theme if you're intentional you can catch that moment and it can be it can actually be a moment to um to impart some wisdom into your child at that moment but you got to mm -hmm. be on the lookout because they're everywhere they're always happening yeah. But if you're just nonchalantly going about and oh, yeah, you got a seventh grade and you're not taking the moment, be like, hey, let's talk about like, why do you think you got a ribbon and that you deserve a seventh place ribbon? You know, mm -hmm. well, I don't know. I thought but like, you didn't win, though. So yeah. why would you have gotten a ribbon if you didn't win? <laughs> you know, and then so you can have a conversation. I think that's I think that to combat the, the challenges in that in this kind of generation is be on the lookout for those opportunities and use them as a time to really kind of impart some wisdom into your kids, you know, that can help them. There you go. And of course the family meeting is, a, is an important place to kick those stuff around and talk about different things. Well, Alex, it's been really insightful for you to have you on as well. And I love the concepts you guys are building over there in coaching. Uh, give me your .com so people can find us, uh, you on the interwebs. Sounds good. Uh, stepupmethod.com. It's our coaching consulting kind of, uh, you know, all of that information is there. And then for the family meeting, uh, planner. It's literally familymeetingplanner.com. There you go. Alex, thank you very much for coming on. We really appreciate it, man. Very insightful. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you for having me on.
There you go. Uh, order up the book, uh, folks. You can go to the website and check it out. There'll be a link on the Chris Voss show as well. Uh, go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Voss, youtube.com, Fortress Chris Voss, linkedin.com, Fortress Chris Voss. See the big 130,000 group over there and the LinkedIn newsletter. That thing grows like a weed. Subscribe to that as well. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe and be intentional is the theme of the show. And we'll see you next time. And that should have us out, man.